Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Well, have you been enjoying this, this, uh, the series that we're doing called Practicing the Way, where every week we've unpacked a brand new uh, one, and this morning I've got a really a good one and treat, a uh, good treat in store for you guys. Um, really looking forward to this. We have been practicing uh, silence and solitude has been the number one thing that when I'm talking with people, they're saying that's the number one thing that's been unlocking it for me. So Michelle and I, we practiced that this week. We went away for three days. We went over to Marlborough and. Uh, we got a little Airbnb on the coast in a place called Rarangi, and it's right between um, Blenheim and Picton, and as far as you can see, the coast to coast, and then you look out, you can see the North Island. And um, I thought to myself, man, imagine if you had lived in Blenheim or Picton and you'd never been to the North Island. And it was funny enough, actually, so I met a girl who said to me exactly that, oh, I've never been to the North Island. I thought, man, we got to travel a little bit more. <laughs> but it's been fun. Anyway, what we're going to do this morning is... Um, I'm just going to start this message by saying, hi everyone, I'm Dave, I'm a foodie, and I'm going to be talking to you today about fasting. <laughs> now, seriously, this week when I, I had to put my glasses on so I look more intelligent when I said that, um, this week when I've told people I'm speaking about fasting, the looks of disbelief on their face that they're like, you're going to teach us on fasting? I'm like, yep, I'm going to teach you on fasting. And uh, we're going to go back to 101 basics on this thing. Um, I'm just going to put my glasses on so I can actually read my notes. Um, I actually came up with some cool titles for this, like this, like uh, to make it a little bit more fun, uh, Fasting a Foodie's Guide. I didn't land on that. Uh, fasting, it's actually not that fast. Uh, fasting, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, or fasting, you won't believe how satiating it really is. Anyway, I've landed on the title just fasting, all right? And it's actually under the topic fasting and feasting, which we're going to actually talk about in a couple of weeks' time. And I'm going to be on the front row uh, with a packet of crumpets and some uh, breakfast burrito. Anyway, let's go. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you for this morning, and we thank you for what you've done already in this place. It's been amazing. And we just pray, Lord God, that you would watch over this word. And I just thank you as we um, unpack this uncomfortable topic, uh, that we can actually make it really comfortable and really a lot of fun in Jesus' His name, Amen. All right, well, when I was young, I came from a family that had not much. I grew up in a pastor's home. I wouldn't know whether we were necessarily poor, but I would say this, that we definitely, times were tight. I mean, we came from a home where we had mum and dad, and we had five siblings, including two twin brothers, and they could eat, I tell you that much. We also had a dog, and we had a cat. I don't know what my parents were doing, because we had so many mouths to feed and not much budget to go around, but it was like eat or be eaten. Um, I wouldn't say that we had culinary excellence on our table. Uh, most of my lunches consisted of a pack of best before uh, white buns and that was it. There was nothing in them. There was no cheese or ham or anything like that. In fact, my go-to when I was growing up was simply a, uh, a packet of white bread or with Vegemite on toast. Uh, hands up for the Vegemite fans in the house. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, hands up for the Marmite fans. Oh, far more, far more, okay. And hands up for those people that don't eat bread because your body is a temple. Oh, no, next, absolutely nobody. Okay, good. Awesome. 
Anyway, when I became an adult and I shifted away at the age of 17 from home, I started to discover all of the flavours that were out there and the food and the various different types of cuts of steak and the different ways you could cook chicken and various ways that you could cook um, the various things. And my lifelong duty of becoming a foodie started. And uh, being a foodie, by the way, is about far more than just uh, uh, what you eat. It's about far more than just the food you eat. It's about culture. And we believe, and we run a little business on the side called Under the Hood Barbecue. If you haven't heard about it, it's on Instagram and YouTube. But um, we basically, we believe that food brings people together and I believe that it actually creates culture and actually it actually celebrates culture and it also brings about uh, uh, memories that you may not have. It's amazing. Last night we had uh, a night where the family came together, the extended uh, whānau, and we had a KFC feast. And I've got to tell you, I went to town on that, um, particularly knowing that I was preaching on feasting today. I mean, on fasting today. <laughs> My gosh, Lord, help me. Anyway, despite my foodie self, at a young age, I mean, I was a hungry guy because I'd grown up with not much. I was much smaller than I was now. I can promise you that. I was like a, a, a slender sort of 60 kg frame. And um, I had... Uh, a desire for food and for things like that, but I also had a greater desire for the things of God. So therefore, what happened was fasting actually, believe it or not, became part of my regular rituals. Now, I've never done any really long fasts. I've never done a 40-dayer or, or, or a 21-dayer, but I've done uh, three seven-day fasts in my time. And I've also done a bunch of three-day fasts. And I also went through a whole season where about I just fasted a day a week. And I did that for years. And that was just part of my ritual. I, I flattered with a guy called Campbell Bond and we were um, up in Tauranga and we would pray uh, every day for a minimum of an hour a day. It was just part of the ritual that we had. There was some days where we would just go to prayer and we would just pray for 12 hours. Um, my life is far too busy to fit that in on the regular basis at the moment. So don't, don't, there's nothing special about it. But at any rate, um, what I want to say is this. I don't tell you that because I was talking with Greg Begoin before the service and he says, if you tell people that you that fasted, that's your only reward, all right? <laughs> You're supposed to do it in, si- in silence and in private. So this morning I, d- I lose my reward because I'm going to tell you all about it. So what's the big deal with fasting then? I mean, in the natural, it's become very, very evident that fasting is very much good for your body. Doctors have discovered that actually having extended periods of time where you don't eat, you have nothing but water, it's incredibly good for you. Uh, the things like intermittent fasting, which where you go between 16 to 20 hours a day without food and you just have, is what they call the kitchen opens just for a short period of time. And ketosis kicks in and it's very, very good for your body, very good weight loss technique. And they even have things like uh, fasting Fasting retreats. At the moment, I just saw one advertised over at uh, Kimi Ora, which is a great place to go and have some rest and relaxation. And they are doing fasting retreats, and that one's tied in with yoga. So, what's the deal with fasting about about this, though, from the spiritual point of view? Because we know that it's good from the medical point of view. So, what's so good about it from the spiritual point of view? Definitely, it's one of the least understood uh, practices in the Word today. And the more people that I've spoken to about it this week, they just go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to fast. Yep. Oh, or, or like my auntie said to me last night, I've never fasted a day in my life. I don't think that God wants us to go 40 days without uh, food. Well, maybe fasting can be a little bit shorter than that. There's actually a lot of religion and confusion around it. Uh, but from a Christian front, this is what we want to unpack. So here we go. Point number one. Fasting is actually about disconnecting from the world and connecting to God 
So it's twofold. It's about disconnecting from the world and connecting to God. This is not just about just taking time out to, uh, to go without food and to have uh, just water, but it is a time where about you're supposed to go away and pray. And I was uh, talking with somebody this week who said, I totally missed the praying part. I just thought I was supposed to go without food. And I actually just went about my life without praying. And it wasn't until my dad told me, why aren't you, fast? Why aren't you not praying <laughs> that I realised that I needed to do that? Anyway, the scripture I want to unpack this morning is Matthew chapter 17 in the NIV version, and it's about the demon-possessed boy. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. Hopefully that's come up on the screens there. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. Now, this wasn't just a normal sort of seizure. It wasn't an epileptic fit. This was something spiritual that was going on. He actually said this, he often falls into the fire and he often falls into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, but Jesus, they could not heal him. Then Jesus then turns, the subtext is he turns to his disciples, not to the man who's brought his son. And he said this, he said, you unbelieving and perverse generation. Quite strong, eh? How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring me the, bring me the boy here. So Jesus is getting a little bit frustrated. He's like, guys, we've been talking about this all this time and you've missed it. You can't even help this young lad out. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private, right? These guys knew that they'd stuffed up. They weren't gonna go to him in front of everybody. And what did we do wrong, Jesus? They went to him in private and said, uh, why couldn't we drive the demon out? So Jesus replied, because you have so little faith, Truly I tell you that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now what's interesting is there's actually a verse 21 that uh, a lot of uh, translations and, and transcripts actually uh, leave out. And what that verse 21 says is that Jesus turned to them and said that this only comes out by prayer and fasting. Or another transcript says, this one only comes out by prayer. And I looked into why has this been removed from the Scripture. I mean, that seems like quite a big thing to add if Jesus didn't say it, why have they removed it? Well, there's another recounting of this uh, of the story, which is in Mark 9, verse 29. And in this there, he said, says exactly this. This one only comes out via prayer and fasting. But the point is not why was that scripture missed out? Because Jesus has actually uh, said the thing there that's really, really important. Going back to verse 19, he says, You unbelieving and perverse generation. You unbelieving and perverse generation. Quite strong. Uh, I might have put it a little, bit, a little bit nicer than that. But what he was basically saying without uh, mixing his words, he was saying this. You unbelieving, which means you guys have not been connected enough to God. And number two, your perverse generation, as in you are too connected to the world. So we are not connected enough with God. And then on the other hand, we're too connected to the world. And the point in this is that this is where fasting and prayer actually comes in. It is actually about taking the time to stop your schedule. It's actually about taking the time to pray. It's actually taking the time to actually deny the things of the flesh, the things that we want. Man, I, I love, I, I just love uh, a good burger. You know, I love a good toasted sandwich and get some of that under the hood sauce on it. You know, I just tell you, I love a good brisket. I love, you know, I'm, I'm a foodie. But it comes a time where we've got to stop and take that stuff all away and all these things of the carnal desires and the carnal flesh and actually put them to bed for a period of time. For you, it might be half a day. For you, it might be a day that you need to do this. 
It may be, maybe you want to start in the morning and go through till dinner time and then break that fast at dinner time. It's up to you. But the important things are this, is that we change our schedule. We starve the desires of our carnal selves. We pray. We seek God. And it does something that aligns us with God. Actually, fasting is actually not about what does it do for God? It doesn't change his mind. It doesn't do something special to, to, uh, to you. But what it does do is it connects us with God. First and foremost, it's a very, very good technique. Luckily, it's not like what Graham was preaching about last week, which was the Sabbath. And boy, how challenging was that message? Well, he actually told us that if you didn't honour the Sabbath back in the Old Testament, you were um, ordered to be put to death. Man, wow. This isn't like this. This is just one of these things that are just tremendously beneficial. By the way, Jesus undid did that. He fulfilled that. You don't have to get put to death. It's all good. When we fast, we create space in our schedule to hear God's voice. So what sort of, what sort of fasting should we do? Well, in the Bible, there's two different ways, and I'm sorry to tell you this, but they all involve food. Um, so the first one is to totally abstaining from all food and drinking just water, and that's pretty much what Jesus did, 40 days, 40 nights. Uh, the time frame is not important. That's just what He chose to do. Uh, and then there's the second one, which is the partial fast, which is restraining yourself to just certain things. So just like Daniel did, the, what they call the Daniel fast, just veggies essentially. But all of the fastings in the Bible involved uh, seeking God. That was what the whole purpose was, was stop, take some time out, seek God, make sure that we're actually focusing on what it is. Now, it's good to fast things like social media. It's good to fast things like TV. Anything else that is becoming a distraction to you, like going for a run, maybe, maybe. And... Um, but it is to, uh, to fast food and, uh, and prayer focus. I actually wrote in here, it is, to, it is for fast food. But no, it's not. It's to, it's to, it's to uh, yeah, not fast food, eh? Yeah, no, we're fasting food. We're not having fast food. That's what I'm trying to say. So that's the important thing. So we can actually fast other things if you want to, but there is something about actually taking some time out, changing your preparation. I mean, we know with our business, you know, how long it takes to prepare food. We're talking about hours and hours and hours, and then people smash it down in five minutes, right? So if you can take that time away from cooking and that time away from eating, it's a really good time to actually pray. Number two, when we fast, we open up a greater level of anointing on our life. Now, let me be really clear. Fasting doesn't give you a special magical power. We don't get to go through transmorphous where we become like Gandalf the White. Can I get a shout out from any of my Lord of the Rings fans? Yep, a couple of people. Awesome. Watching that the other day. But what it simply does is it just puts us in tune with God. Fasting is actually about aligning ourselves. It's not about a decree. It's not about shifting God or God's heart. It's actually about aligning ourselves with God. Fasting simply makes things that are carnal, fleshy of this world drop away. And instead, there is an acute tune into the Spirit of God. In fact, I would say that in times of fasting, we actually learn what it is to hear God's voice. If you've ever thought, man, what does God's voice sound like or feel like or sound like to me? To get in a time of fasting and prayer will actually clear that up for you really clearly because all of a sudden you are very much in tune. Um, I've always seen a, a distinct, stronger and powerful sense of God's presence after times of fasting, once I've actually started to eat again. Um, and I actually, there's actually reported quite often that when people fast, that is the time after the time of fasting that God really starts to, uh, to, to pour out a spirit. Every time they get on a microphone or they share this with somebody or they pray for somebody, it's just like God is just like there. And for me, one such time of this was back when I was in Africa. Um, this was not my first trip, it was my second trip. And I was 23 at the time, gone back to South Africa. I was trying to figure this out, 22 or 23, I think. What do you think? What, how old would I have been? About right? 
before Trinity was born. Um, and I was traveling and preaching with Michelle. We were itinerating. And I had a moment one night in front of about a thousand people I was preaching. And something I said just fell totally flat. I mean, like one of those moments I turned to the pastor and went, Pastor, is this okay? And he said, No, but just carry on anyway. I came off the stage feeling totally defloated, deflated. And with the wind had been knocked, um, defloated? Deflated. <laughs> There we go. Maybe I should have just float away. Um, I came, became deflated and had the wind knocked out of my sails. But I was in the middle of an itinerating uh, a preaching tour. I, the idea of stopping just wasn't there. I had to continue on. But I had about three days before my next one. So what I decided to do was rather than actually linger on that moment, I decided to stop and pray and fast and actually seek God for that next uh, time I was going to preach. Now, it was a very different time. I didn't know what I was about to expect. I got picked up by a pastor and down in Cape Town, we went uh, from, got picked up in Croyfontein. For all my South African friends will know where that is. And we went out and into the back blocks of this farm we went they had this little hall there we had three different tribes represented uh, in that place and to my surprise not many of them actually spoke English so I was just like well this is going to be interesting God I've asked you to really move in this place what's going to happen anyway worship happened it was powerful who knows that the Africans can sing like well yeah it's like come on Charlotte it's awesome eh and, you know, it, there was just this, mo- this moment. So I got up and I started to preach uh, in English. And I couldn't believe the response from the people. I thought, oh, these guys just must be um, responding to the vibe. They must be just like in- full of encouragement. Um, but it wasn't until um, after I preached I realised that we had an Acts 2 sort of moment that happened. Um, so the scripture, we've got that scripture here, Griffin, from uh, Acts chapter 2. Verse six and seven, and it says, "When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were, were be, they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be?" They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. Surely they are drunk. But they actually heard them in their own language. Anyway, afterwards, they, uh, various people just came up one after one. And the, the pastor who spoke the different dialects, he came and he translated. And they started asking me things like, thank you for preaching in our language. Um, this was like, like, we actually heard you. Like, where did you learn to speak Zulu? Where did you learn to speak Afrikaans? Where did you learn to speak? And I hadn't spoken. I, I, I knew one phrase which I do terribly, which is dislaka om de era de praise, which means, isn't it great to praise our, our Lord? Did I do that okay, Douglas? Okay, okay. I gave it my best shot. And that's the thing, they wouldn't have understood that. But they basically said it was a, a, a pitch perfect, if you like, to their own dialect. And they'd actually heard it in their own language. Oh, and by the way, many healings took place. People were saved. It was just unbelievable. There's only about 100 people there. But... What, what the point was that I didn't transform into somebody with a mega gift. In fact, this has never happened to me before this moment. It's never happened to me since that moment that that actually happened. But God actually just heard my cry. In the time of fasting and prayer, just said, God, would you move? And he absolutely did. Uh, it was nothing to do with me. Absolutely nothing to do with me. God didn't say, say, you are my anointed chosen. Well, he probably did in that moment. But it was simply this. If we were keeping tally, God won. DK zero. <laughs> I just stuffed it. I'd just done everything that I knew how to do the previous three nights ago and it, and it fell flat. So I just said, God, will you just take it and we could just move? And God just did simply that. Point number three, we need to understand what season we are in. Or let me recalibrate that. I actually wrote that originally, then I changed it to this. 
you need to understand the season that you are in. It's not about the collective we in this moment. It's where about do you at within your heart? Is this a season of fasting and seeking God? Or is this a season of feasting? Because sometimes when you're a season of feasting, so for instance, the disciples did not fast when Jesus was with them. It wasn't until Acts that they actually went away and they started to fast. In fact, often you find that, and we knew that Jesus retreated often to pray, but the disciples were often trying to find food. They were often having uh, breakfast on the beach and making fish, and they were often doing things like that. But they fasted after he was gone when they actually needed to ask God for something to happen. Let's look at the story of the prodigal son. Now, I'm going to take a slightly abstract view of the prodigal son to exemplify the point. But in Luke 15, verse 14 to 24, from the NLT version, it says this, About that time his money ran out. This is referring to the son that had left. A great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the field to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Now, he came from a very rich background, the son. He came from it where he, he lacked for nothing, but he had squandered all of his goodness and he went, went out there. When he finally came to his senses, he had a revelation of God and said to himself, at home, even my hired servants have food enough to share, to spare, and I, here I am dying of hunger, I will now go to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and I've sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me only on as your hired servant. He was just like, I'm not even returning back to the man of which I came. I'll just go back and I'll just get hired from him. So he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him and said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and we'll kill the calf. Uh, and we have been fastening for that special occasion. Go and kill that calf. And for this, the son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost and now he's been found and so the party began. So the son had been lost, and despite uh, going out there to try and find life, he'd been out there actually trying to seek what he thought was actually good for him. But he was doing it in all of the wrong ways. He was spending his money, he was seeking after lusts and after that foodie culture, and he was after going to parties, and he was probably drinking a lot of alcohol, he was probably doing some, some drugs, he was, he was probably doing all sorts of stuff. And he was out there. But where he ended up was in a position of, fasting. He actually ended up in a position whereabouts, even though it wasn't an intentional thing, he was starting to go without food. And that in that moment that God actually came, once all else had stripped away, right? All else is stripped away. And I want to be really clear, fasting is not a punishment. There's nothing like that that happens, but there is something in it when you choose to do it that God will move. But in this case here, he, he was fasting. And then when he came home, he had the feast laid on for him and it was time to turn that thing around and it was time to feast. And this is ultimately what God wants for us. He actually wants us to reconnect with him. He wants us to find him. He wants to see what God has for us. I just wanna invite the band to come back up at this moment. This is what God wants for us. He wants us to find a time and He wants to do it through our own choice that we can say, God, in this season, I wanna take a, a, a moment that I wanna seek you. This is what all of these spiritual practices have been about. There's one common theme that unites it all, which is that it's about stopping what we're doing and taking time 
to find God and connect with God. It's actually about flipping the script and actually saying, well, God, how can I find you? And there's all these different ways we've given you. There's, there's the silence one, the solitude. There's the serving. There's generosity. There's a time of simplicity, a time of Sabbath. And now we come into the time of fasting. And then after the fasting comes the time of feasting. And there may have been a time in our life where we're feeling like maybe we've been without, we've been in a moment where we feel like we've gone without and we've been crying out to God. But I want to let you know that there is a moment coming where the feasting is going to take place. And it's going to come a time where God is going to bring you back in and He's going to say, this is the time now for us to celebrate and time for us to do stuff together. Maybe you feel like you've had a, a pause in your life or maybe you feel like you've had a moment where things haven't been going quite right. You feel like you've gone without and maybe you've done even with the right heart in me saying, God, but this is fine. I give it all over to you. But God wants you to know that there is a moment whereabouts He has something for you this morning. And we're just so thankful for that. This is all about us creating space to focus on Jesus. It's about putting Him first in all that we do to be more like Jesus. We wanna say like John the Baptist said, is that it's about us diminishing and becoming less and it's about Him becoming more. And if that's simply our prayer that we become less and He becomes more, well, then that's all that I want in my life. Coming up very shortly, we have got uh, a great moment to do this. We've actually got a week of prayer coming up. I don't know if you know this. And it's gonna be on from the week of October 31st. So it starts in a couple of weeks' time. And we're gonna have a daily moment of prayer whereabouts we get an opportunity to come together at the Saxon location and pray and seek God. And then halfway through that week, we've got a guy called John Meller coming. And John Meller, he is a healing evangelist and he's been to Nelson uh, once, be- once before. And um, I actually played drums in the band for that. It was right when we first, uh, we first shifted to Nelson in 2009. And then he also, uh, over the time of COVID, he actually came and he actually prayed for people on one of our lives when we were uh, live casting. And it was amazing that when uh, he was uh, praying for people, the people got healed actually from him praying. Now, amazing thing is it didn't happen when he originally prayed the prayer on the video days beforehand. It happened when he came online and he joined his faith with our faith. And then something happens. So that's what actually happened. It's like a, it's like a fusion of faiths coming together. So we have an awesome moment coming up whereabouts we can uh, pray and we can actually practice this one. But I just wonder whether or not this is something we're about you used to do and maybe God's calling you back to have a little season of it again. And if that is the case, well then God give you strength for it. Uh, do it in a, in a really uh, wise way. I, I remember my, my doctor told me I was fasting too much. So I had to step back, you know, make sure you're doing it in a wise way. Make sure that you're accountable to somebody, but just go, just, it says, just carry on about your life. Wash your face, get there. Don't have to make a big deal about it. You don't need to put it on Facebook, man, we're fasting right now. Just put it before God and say, God, would you move in my life? God, would you move? And just now, I'm just gonna pray just as we wrap up. I'm just gonna invite Michelle to come back up. And I just pray that this morning that this has been for somebody that they've been seeking God and asking God, well, what do I do next? Well, maybe God's calling you to have a season whereabouts they can seek God. Maybe this is a technique whereabouts you just need to put aside the things that have been distracting you, putting aside the things that have just been too difficult putting aside those things that just take too much time out of your life. 
So Lord God, this morning, we just wanna thank You for such a great uh, challenge, Lord God. We wanna thank You, Lord God, for the joy it is to serve You. Lord, we wanna thank You for what it is, Lord God, to come before You and ask, would You have Your way in our life? Lord God, we just thank You, Lord God, that You've just got so much for us and we are just so thankful. And I just pray, Lord God, for everybody's circumstance this morning. Lord God, for whatever it is that they're praying for, whatever it is that they are asking You for, Lord, I would just ask that You would more than exceed their expectations, Lord God. Mm. Thank You, Lord. Just, mm. just felt God say to somebody, dare to believe again. It's not over. You haven't missed the mark. You haven't missed the moment. God's got something for you. You know, we have moments where we feel like we've disappointed people or we've disappointed God or we've let Him down, but there's nothing you can do that would let God down. He knows our weaknesses and He knows that when we give them over to Him, that we can just do something amazing. So Lord, I wanna thank You this morning for Your presence in this place. Thank you, Lord God, for your anointing. Lord, you're so good to us. We love you, Lord God. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.